essence of one. I truly believe that I was created first and foremost to be loved by you, God, and then to love you back. Therefore, Lord, thank you for engaging intimately with me, you, my audience of one, as I read your word. Holy Spirit, you spoke to me. You gave me ears to hear what you were saying in this moment of time as we read through Matthew 2 and 3 this week. We start out with Matthew 2 is the wise men's visit. So Jesus, you were born in Bethlehem and that was called the house of bread because you are the bread of life. This fulfilled another Old Testament prophecy. Mary and Joseph were living in Nazareth and the wise men were also known as astrologers and they were known as dream interpreters or spiritual advisors or also as wealthy priests just depending on what commentary I was reading and they would have traveled from Persia modern day Iran um, from the east with their entourage uh, for protection they were following that star and they were looking for the child not the baby it said child who was born king of, of the Jewish people the promised Messiah The notes stated that there was probably over a hundred who traveled in their entourage with the wise men, although our manger scene only depicts three wise men. Because the scriptures detail the three gifts in which they presented, the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh, and also the scriptures state that in verse 11, they came into the house and they saw the young child with Mary. Not they came to the baby or the manger, but to the house and to the child. And something new that you had pointed out, Lord, was that although Mary and Joseph had come from Nazareth, their home, and traveled to Bethlehem for the census, and according to Luke's gospel, they returned back to their hometown of Nazareth in Galilee after all the temple dedications and the circumcision which happened on the eighth day. However, Matthew's gospel states that they came to the house where the child was, so not sure really how long they were in Bethlehem. But they obviously were not still in the manger, and Jesus is not referred to as a baby, but as a child. And Matthew's gospel goes from uh, wise men's visit to escape from Egypt. And we stopped there for that this particular day, Lord, and I was praising you for just a, a wonderful time I had with my sissies and um, just was able to um, share with them about the Chosen series and how much that it has helped me take in your love. I was so on fire and full of passion as I shared with them, Lord. And my sister kept telling me to sit back down because she wanted to hear more about you. It so blessed my soul. I felt so fully alive getting to share you, Jesus, with my sisters. It's just what my soul needed. It was a treasured, blessed day. And I was thankful to get to be with them and have that whole sissy day. 
and I was refreshed, you know, as I went back home. And then Sunday, uh, we went back into praying over people after service, and I was blessed to get to do that as well, Lord God. So I just thank you for making me a prayer warrior for you. Then we moved into, uh, still in Matthew 2, but we were talking about the three gifts of the Magi. They were worth a great sum of money, Lord. They were very costly and would have financed Joseph and Mary in Jesus' exodus to Egypt, which was really interesting. And, um, and that's what happened next for them. It also probably financially provided for their needs for a number of years, it stated. The gold is often used as a symbol of deity, of Christ. The frankincense points to you, Jesus, your perfect life and holiness, devotion and excellence. Myrrh was an embalming spice, and that speaks to us of your suffering love that would lead you to the death on the cross for us. And after the visit from the wise men, Matthew's gospel tells us about yet another supernatural dream for Joseph, a visitation from the angel of the Lord. It told him to flee Egypt as Herod is searching for Jesus to kill him. So they did just as the angel instructed, and they stayed until Herod died, and yet another supernatural dream for Joseph came. This time the angel told Joseph to go back to Israel. And yet another dream the angel redirected to Galilee because Herod's son had succeeded him. So they settled in Nazareth. And also the terrible slaughter of all the children, all the boys two years and younger from King Herod. That happened because he was trying to kill you, Jesus. And he just knew that you were in that range of age, two years or younger. So it always reminded of the Christmas manger scene is actually a combining of a couple of years of Jesus, your birth from the Magi as they came later, most probably up to two, you were up to two years old, that's why Herod had the, the boys two and under killed, and also the three wise men in the manger scene because of the three gifts they brought. However, there was probable that there was their entourage of approximately a hundred men traveling with them to bring those gifts to worship you, Jesus. But I wondered what happened to them after they left, Lord. What happened to those magi and and their relationship with you? And as I was doing this, I also um, then we moved into John the Baptist. John means Yahweh has graced him. John was Jesus' cousin. He was preaching repentance, which means leave your sins behind and turn your life around and return back to your holy God. That's another prophecy that was fulfilled, and that's from Isaiah 43. 40 verse 3 it says a thunderous voice one will be calling out in the wilderness prepare yourself for the Lord's coming and level a straight path inside your hearts for him 
an inside clearing must be done. Inside cleaning must be done. This is a call for everyone. Many people came and John baptized them as they physically confessed their sins. That's not how we do it today, Lord. There's not usually any public confession of sins. Usually it's a statement of a choice to follow Jesus. And nothing is said a lot of times by the sinner at all. And then the baptizer baptizes them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then here in Matthew uh, next, Jesus shows up on the scene. And John stated a more powerful man was coming. One who he's not even worthy enough to, to pick up his sandals or untie his sandals. wonder what that meant. So I looked up that interesting fact. And what I found was that Jews and Greeks and Romans had a task of untying and carrying the shoes or the sandals of the master of the house or the guest. And it was well known, a well-known function of the lowest slave of the household. So that was interesting. And um, then we moved on and it said that John stated that he would be baptizing with the Holy Spirit and fire. That John stated Jesus would be baptizing with the Holy Spirit and fire. Which really means that the Holy Spirit alone is the only one who can truly produce purity of heart and holy affections, which accompany salvation and burning away the old sin nature, changing a person from the inside out our motivations of our mind, our heart, our soul. It's all the kingdom work of the Holy Spirit. Nothing we can do on our own, Lord. And Lord, uh, at this time, I was sharing with a friend over her sadness of being confronted by her unbelieving family members, stating how she does know Jesus and the Bible are true and that she's been changed so many times over the years. But her sadness of feeling that she was unable to defend you, Jesus, adequately to them. And I encouraged her that it's always more of the Holy Spirit when any of those conversations even begin in the heart and the mind of the unbeliever. So we praise you, God, for initiating this conversation for her and for her to let go of that burden of thinking she had to convict them or convert them, I mean, it's that it's not her job, it's the Holy Spirit's job alone. Just like we just read about Jesus baptizing with the Holy Spirit and fire, that is your job alone. You're the one that explains that, you're the one that does that inside job. Her job is to just give an explanation for the reason for the hope and the belief that she has in you, Jesus. And that's from 1 Peter 3.15, where it says, But give reverent honor in your hearts to the Anointed One and treat Him as the Holy Master of your lives. And if anyone asks about the hope living within you, always be ready to explain your faith. Basically, our testimony, right? So then we move on to Matthew 3, 13 through 17. This is Jesus' baptism. Love this, Lord. So Jesus, you were about 30 years old when you showed up on the scene here, and John baptized you as a form of the fulfillment and dedication as the perfect Lamb of God. Now you weren't ba- John wasn't baptizing you for repentance like the others, because you're perfect. And then verses 16 through 17 speak 
about you, Jesus, that you rose up out of the water. Oh my gosh, this is such a, oh, I just wish I was there on the scene as I'm reading it and even saying it today. Jesus, you rose up out of the water and the heavenly realm opened up over you. Wow, what a scene that must have been for those who were there. And the Holy Spirit descended out of heaven and rested upon you in the form of a dove. And then suddenly, the voice of the Father shouted from the heavens, saying, This is my Son I love, and my greatest delight is in Him. This is such a beautiful moment in scriptures, Lord. The beginning of Jesus' ministry started at age 30, and it lasted three short years to the cross and resurrection at age 33. But you, Father, you announced your love and your delight in Jesus, your Son, before he had done even one work for you, even one miracle. You announced that you loved him and you delight in him. And Lord God, that's just such a beautiful thing for me to know and for us to know. It's before we do anything, you loved us. You loved us when we were sinners. This is also the place in Scripture where the Trinity is in one place. Jesus, the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove, and the Father's voice from heaven. Wow, Lord. I love that when I was in Israel in 2019 and I got baptized in the Jordan, I recall you telling me to be the last of the group. And there's like 30 of us getting baptized that day. It took like two hours. And also to be dunked three times once in the name of the Father second in the name of the Son and third in the name of the Holy Spirit it's so funny that I'm just now seeing the connection of that to the scriptures here with you Jesus that all three of you the Trinity being present at Jesus' baptism too I even feel that that was more special now Lord now that you told me that and you asked them to baptize me by dunking me under three times for each member of the Trinity. So cool. And then um, I wrote here Matthew 4, but then I wrote um, we were going to wait till next week to to move into Matthew 4. Uh, but I got my had got my new picture of Jesus that I ordered from Aunt, I can't even say her name. A-K-I-A-N-E-K-R-A-M-A-R-I-K. Akiana Kramarik. Where she, uh, it's supposed to be the most realistic picture of you, Jesus. At least that was told by 14-year-old Colton Burpo in that movie, Heaven is for Real. When his dad was on the computer and looking at this picture... The little boy said, that's what Jesus looks like. And it was so amazing because his dad kept showing him all these different pictures of famous pictures of Jesus that we have in the world. And he he said, no, that's not Jesus. That's not what he looked like. But when he saw this one, he said, it's what you look like. And it was your eyes in this picture follow me wherever I am, Lord. And it just reminds me that your eyes are upon me. Lord, no matter where I go. 
In Psalm 33:18, it says, The eyes of the Lord are upon even the weakest worshipers who love him, those who wait in hope and expectation for the strong, steady love of the Lord. So I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for this week of insight. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing insight and truth to me this week. Just love you, Father. Bless you, Jesus. Love you, Holy Spirit.